Hello. Hi, friend. Spicing it up this week. You went first. I know, right? How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. What are you eating? I saw you, like, cutting something with a knife and then just putting the knife to your mouth. And I was like, that's dangerous. Cheese. Oh. Yum. It's soft, so it doesn't make sounds when I chew it. (laughs) I didn't have breakfast yet, so. That's fair. Well, welcome to Bookaholics Anonymous. I'm Francesca. I'm Alicia. And this week, we're doing something a little different than what we typically do. Shaking it up a little bit. Just... Yes. Which, this is majority, like, 100% my fault. (laughs) Because my hyperfixation of the week really just grabbed hold of me. (laughs) And really just made it impossible to read about anything else. I didn't... I'm going to be honest. I tried to read a book, folks. I did. <laughs> and as I was reading it, first of all, oh my God, reading it was next to impossible. And it was also very graphic in like the horror sense. And that's coming from Francesca. Yeah. It was not something that I could have talked about on this podcast. I could not finish See, the book. I feel you because that's how I feel about My Dark Vanessa. Like, I remember saying, oh, I think I'm going to cover it. And then I read it. I was like, I cannot cover this book. Yeah. So I had started reading A Clockwork Orange, <gasps> which the movie is like apparently very graphic, very, very scary. And I thought, oh, maybe like that was just like the director's vision. Isn't the clockwork orange? Wasn't it like, isn't it just like a huge LSD trip? No. Maybe I'm thinking of a different book. Yeah. Book to movie adaptation specifically. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was written while Ken Kesey was on LSD. That's it. Yeah. He was on LSD. He was on LSD when he wrote it, but the book isn't like one long LSD trip. It's just hard to understand because he was on fucking LSD when he wrote it. Maybe he, him and, um, what's his name? Should get together. The guy who wrote Cats. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. They'd be like this. Besties. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, the guy who wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, both taking LSD and writing, <laughs> <laughs> writing the worst trash I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. So I was like reading it. It was too graphic i couldn't i couldn't do it so i was like you know what i'm just gonna unload on alicia about what i've been reading this week and she's just gonna have to sit here and take it so <laughs> sucks to be you what are you drinking i'm just drinking seltzer water because i'm uh going over to canada after we finish this so i have to be sober mm, that's fair i this is i think this is our first totally sober episode one of oh. where we're both sober I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'm drinking water as well. Um, I am in physical therapy still for my foot. And the work that I was doing yesterday, I woke up in so much pain, just like really sore. So I had to take some pain medication and I did not want to find out what that would do if I drank alcohol with it. So pain medication plus your ADHD medication plus alcohol. <laughs> what a what a mix. <laughs> my liver saying stop (laughs) we've had enough so do we want to hop on into this or i think so i don't think i have anything else oh uh i am struggling my way through return of the king so uh i guess you guys can stay tuned for that next week if i get through (laughs) it or not (laughs) you did the first two you gotta finish it i know it's just (sighs) they're so long 
I know. That's why I could never. <sighs> couldn't be me. All right. I barely, I couldn't even get 30 pages into a 156 page book, so. And that's valid. <laughs> All right. I guess let's get into it. Okay. So this week, my hyperfixation of choice, well, it really wasn't a choice. It was thrust upon me. I was by just about to say that. My sisters, who are very invested in this and talk about it in our group chat between the three of us all the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to deep dive into this as far as I can go down the rabbit hole. So this week, we are talking about Free Britney. Yes. And I have been reading so much about it. I want to, I would burn the world down for Britney Spears. So Just true. to be clear. My first CD was a Britney Spears CD. So was mine. Yeah. I think we've it talked was, about oops, this before. I did it again. Yeah. Same. I bought it at Tower Records when they were still a thing. I bought mine at Media Play when that was still a thing. <laughs> but I loved Britney Spears. I remember being like three and singing like, oops, I did it again, which is like, kind of provocative yeah (laughs) for a (laughs) three-year-old exactly yeah i remember i distinctly remember that tower record store because i it i was a child so when i looked up all the ceilings were enormous but i get the feel i work i used to work in the old shopping center that the tower records was in yeah and i know what stores it was split up into and i look at it now and i'm like those ceilings were never really that high I was just a child, <laughs> but I, compl- I distinctly remember where it was in the store, finding it and begging my parents to let me get it. And I did. It's a phenomenal CD. So I it can't blame you. Iconic. I still have it. I think I still have can't mine somewhere. It. I have, I still have maybe that CD and all of my Jonas Brothers CDs and that's it. As you should. How would you, why would you ever get rid of your Jonas Brothers CDs? Okay, you want to hear a fun story about the Jonas Brothers before we talk about the queen herself? Of course, yes. Princess, for Christmas one year, my mom got me uh, Nick Jonas's first solo album, like before the Jonas Brothers were a thing when he was like nine Mm -hmm. or 10 years old. Right. And I went to see How to Succeed in Business when it was on Broadway when he was in it. Right. And it was like his last show. So my mom took me into the city just to like go and get like an autograph, whatever. And I brought the CD with me. So I'm waiting online for this motherfucker to show up. And he was late. The audacity. Yeah. So I stake my arm because I'm taller than everyone at this point. I'm only 16, but I still am like two feet, two heads taller than everyone. So naturally my arm reaches out much further than anyone else's. And he sees it and started chuckling to himself, but signed it. And I was like, yes, I'm never letting this go. <laughs> it's probably worth, like, a lot of money now. <laughs> but, yeah, those are, like, the only CDs that I still have. So. And why would you ever get rid of those? Those are classics. Yes. Duh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I hate us. Okay. So let's get started with a little history of Miss Brittany. Oh, yes. She was born on December 2nd, 1981 in Mississippi. So she's a Sagittarius. But she grew up in Kentwood, Louisiana. She's the middle child of three. Poor baby. Middle child always has its hardest. Yeah, it's rough being a middle child. I'm not a middle child, but... You're the oldest, I'm the youngest. We both know what it means to be a middle child. (laughs) She began performing at a really young age, as we all know. Even performing on Star Search in 1982 at the age of 11. 
which is actually like super interesting in and of itself. Have you watched her Star Search um, performance before ever? No, but I watched the documentary when all this yeah. came out earlier this year. Framing, uh, framing, framing Britney, Britney. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mentioned that a little bit later on. But if you watch it, it's her actual singing voice, mm-hmm. and it's much deeper and <clears throat> sounds much more natural to her. Mm-hmm. And when she got older, and one more baby, one more time came out. Um, I think it was the record labels that like wanted her to sing a little bit higher pitched, right? And because misogyny. So it's really interesting to see like the juxtaposition of that versus seven, six right. years later. Right. And then she was ultimately picked up for the cast of the Mickey Mouse Club on her second audition. Holy shit. Yeah. She tried it out the first time when she was eight and then again when she was 11, which is when she was casted. Wow. I also found out Carrie Russell was in the Mickey Mouse Club and that just kind of like blew my mind. I was like, I did not know. There's so many, there. so many people who are in the Mickey Mouse Club that I was like, what yeah right although i never watched it i was too young and i didn't have any older siblings to force me to watch it so yeah i definitely was too young to remember it but i've watched like reruns of it uh during that time on the show she would meet her future shitty ex-boyfriend justin timberlake yikes which i don't really talk about in this i think your sister would kill you she would put me 10 feet in the ground and no one would ever find me she is the second person in this family that if you wanted to hide a dead body, you can go to her. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. no. She, that makes sense. She's a big JT fan, much to mine and my other sister's chagrin. We all make mistakes. We all have flaws, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So the show was canceled in 1995, giving Britney the freedom to focus more on her music and actually landed her her first contract with Jive Records. And in September of 1998, she released the iconic... Baby One More Time album. Yes. And the rest, as RuPaul says, is herstory. <laughs> now, I'm just going to break down a few facts and stats about Miss Britt. She has nine studio albums, 48 singles, nine box sets, five compilation albums, 15 Guinness World Records. And as of 2017, she has sold over... 100 million records worldwide, which is insane. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> she got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at fucking 20 years old. Wow. Which, if you look at the, the people that are getting inducted into the Hollywood Walk of Fame now, right? they're so much right. older. So for her to be able to accomplish that at, at like 20 is absolutely insane bonkers she's been nominated for eight grammys and has only won once for toxic it's literally a crime i'm not which just proves that the grammys are biased as hell and people just buy the award but i don't even necessarily think it's like buying the award i think it's just like old people like old white men who don't have taste exactly and she won the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award at the 2011 VMAs, which is absolutely disgusting to me, only because I remember watching that on live TV <laughs> and like watching her acceptance and shit and just, right. oh my God. She has over 100 million views on almost all of her music videos. And I say almost all because I didn't check every single one, but like right. cumulatively right. speaking. She also previously held the record for the most number of Teen Choice Awards, which was broken by Miss T. Swift herself. What can I say? 
icons left and right. And in 2002, she starred in the iconic movie Crossroads. Yes. With the be- beautiful Zoe Saldana. Yes. Oh, what a movie. Ah, uh, what a movie. So good. I love that movie. I could go on for hours about that one, too. So I'm going to whip through some of the other information because I really want to get into the meat and potatoes of the <laughs> conservatorship. So, I, but I do want to talk about what led to her parents filing for it because I think it's important to talk about what shitty people pop the paparazzi are, but then that's just my take. It's a good take, so. <laughs> Fast forward to September of 2004, Brittany marries her backup dancer, Kevin Federline. Even doing a 2005 reality show, Brittany and Kevin, chaotic. Which, listen, to each their own, but no celebrity reality show can compete with Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson during newlyweds. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. Because that conversation about chicken and tuna still lives in my head rent-free. And if you know, you know. Just saying. Anyway, in September of 2005, the couple had their first son, and I'm not going to refer to the boys by name just because it's pretty easy to find out what their names are, and they're minors. They never asked to be involved in this. They they're, should never have been their involvement in this, so it's just, it makes me feel icky, like, I don't even know what her kids look like because I just don't look. Like, I don't. Care, she's posted you know? pictures of them on i know her. she has yeah but i'm just like eh. yeah it just it feels wrong to me to talk about her children so i'm not gonna do that but several months after her first son's birth Brittany found herself in some hot water with the media after pictures emerged of her driving with her son in her lap and in an interview discussing the situation, Brittany said she was leaving a parking lot, he was crying, and the paparazzi literally had surrounded her car. So she wanted to put him in her lap to calm him down, but she also wanted to get out of there, understandably, like get away from the paparazzi who were causing so much distress to her son. Right. So a year later, in September of 2006, Brittany gave birth to their second son, and it's crazy because their birthdays are, like, literally days apart. Wow. They, they like, time that nearly perfectly, like, for them to be almost exactly a year apart. Damn. I have a, I know a girl from high school who has um, a daughter and a son that were born on the same exact day. They're one year apart exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. My best friends are twins, and they share a birthday with their dad, and their brother's birthday is two days after theirs. Holy shit. Yeah. Busy. Yeah, it's just a lot of fucking birthdays in one week. After the birth of their second son, two months later, in November of 2006, she files for divorce from Kevin. And it's during the next few months that the world really watches this poor woman's life just descend into chaos. It's when she shaves her head and is really just harassed by the paparazzi. This is like the time when tabloid magazines were just ripping her apart. Right. And this was also the time where she attacked the paparazzi's car with an umbrella. Yes. Like the queen, she rightfully deserved to do that. That was iconic. Amazing. This was also around the time when she released Blackout, which when you read the lyrics to like that album without music, you it should like 100% break your heart. 
like given the context of what was happening in her life and what she's saying in the music right is so sad and it's so disgusting that lack of privacy anyway i will not go on off on a tangent about it so in the coming months she was in and out of rehab for unspecific reasons i really didn't want to look into why she was in rehab because it's none of my fucking business but she was also fighting for custody of her boys yes it was also during this time that her sister jamie lynn at 16 years old announced her pregnancy i remember that now can i just say if i'm being honest because we're always honest on this podcast i'm shocked she was not on an episode of 16 and pregnant but (laughs) it's just me and i'm looking at you bristol palin a la teen mom but i feel like she would be so entertaining on teen mom or 16 and pregnant right like mtv where were you (laughs) so in 2008 she was taken in for a psychiatric evaluation after refusing to give her boys back to their father after a court-appointed visit. It's at this time that Kevin is given full custody of the boys. Rumors begin circulating at the time of what her, quote, diagnosis, unquote, was, which is, again, nobody's fucking business. Isn't it wild to, like, think about this stuff retrospectively and be like, why was this allowed to happen? Like, the early 2000s, mid-2000s were horrible. Terrible. Absolutely insane. Yes. To women specifically. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I, it's actually funny you say that because I was watching a video from D'Angelo Wallace last night because mm-hmm. I was avoid watching true crime as I texted you about because I was home alone and scared. Right. And he was talking about the Courtney Stodden situation happening with Chrissy Teigen. Right. And Courtney was literally 16 and people were giving them death threats. Right. And just like this was, around, well, I'm saying because it, it was around the same time that this was happening to Britney. Right. And how the media just villainized these women. Ugh. Anyway, I get so mad talking about this, but I just find it so interesting. Right. During her stay in the hospital is when the power struggle for Brittany began. And on February 1st, 2008, her father is put in charge of Brittany on an emergency temporary conservatorship when she enters the hospital for a second time at the end of January. By October of 2008, the conservatorship is extended indefinitely and her father maintains control over it. To begin, like any paper I wrote in high school, (laughs) the California courts define conservatorship as a judge appointing an individual or organization to care for another adult who is deemed unfit to care for themselves or to manage their own finances. So the conservatorship has been in place for the last 12 to 13 years the article that i read said 12 but if it was put in place in 2008 that would be 13 but whatever right it's more than enough time and it also makes britney like a year or two older than i am now when it was put in place oh that is horrifying yeah can you imagine being 26 27 years old and not having any autonomy over your life no no that's like probably my worst nightmare yes Yes. So basically, to give a little bit more detail on the second hospitalization I mentioned earlier that triggered her father to file for the conservatorship. Right. Brittany was put on a 5150 hold, which is when any person as a result of a mental disorder is a danger to, to others or to himself or herself or gravely disabled. So she was put in this 72 hour lockdown at the hospital where she had psychiatric evaluations and 
Her father, Jamie Spears, was then given legal authority to manage and make decisions relating to Britney's finances, health, business ventures, and including her personal life. Right. Shout out to FreeBritney.net for this <laughs> incredibly in-depth timeline that we are about to go through. Uh, all their sources come directly from court documents and verified sources. Because I can't think of another fucking word right now. <laughs> but it's incredibly detailed. And you can literally go and read all of the court documents on the website. And it's really fascinating. Wow. So we're going to just deep dive into this. The conservatorship is put in place and given control to Jamie Spears and attorney Andrew Wallet in February of 2008. So Jamie Spears starts being paid for the role of conservator in March of 2008. And in all of the articles I've read, it's very rare for someone to be paid to be a conservator. Right. And he started getting paid a month later. That's a little suspicious. It's, yeah, a lot of suspicious. So the judge blocks a second attorney from representing Brittany in March of 2008. So one tried, failed, and a second one was then blocked. Jamie requests a raise for his services as Brittany's conservator in June of 2008. Oh my goodness. (gasps) The temporary conservatorship is made permanent in October of 2008. Brittany comes forward with allegations of threats from the conservators in December of 2008. The same year. This is, she's been said it from the get that this was not good. Right. So Brittany begs for help in her case in January of 2009. Jamie openly admits she has limited phone usage in February of 2009. He admits this in court that she's not like allowed to regularly use her phone. That's insane. But all right. I don't (laughs) know why you would ever admit that ever. But I guess you're a piece of shit. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. So the timeline skips a couple years, and I'm assuming that's because there are no official court documents to include. So skip to 2013. Brittany is declared fit enough to engage in furthering her career activities in November of 2013. This is where it gets like... Like suspicious. Very suspicious. Right. It gets... Yeah. Blows my mind. The payment to Andrew Wallet, the co-conservator is now increased to $426,000 a year in February of 2014. That's nearly half a million dollars a year. Holy crap. To be a co-conservator. So the annual conservator oversight hearing is canceled in August of 2016. The annual conservator oversight hearing is canceled in November 2017. And the annual conservator oversight hearing is canceled in August of 2018. Oh my. Three years in a row. It's canceled. That is highly, like, I don't know how no one was like, uh, no, you can't cancel it again. Yeah. The Vegas residency shows are canceled due to Jamie Spears' health in August of 2019. And I also think it's really interesting that they specifically say that it, say it that way. Not Britney canceled her Vegas shows because of her father's failing health, but because they're canceled due to his health. Not Brittany making the decision to cancel them. Right. Because she doesn't have the power to do that. Exactly. Which is bonkers. Like, she's the one putting on these shows and she can't even cancel them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yikes. So, Jamie takes over Brittany's investments from Andrew Wallet in March uh, 2019. Andrew Wallet resigns and warns that the continuation of the conservatorship would be dangerous for Brittany. 
20 days after Jamie took over Britney's investments in March of 2009. In 2019. Jesus Christ. (laughs) A lot of dates, a lot of years. I know. I get you. But this co-conservator, I keep going to say co-conspirator because I fully believe that they're criminals. So. Yeah. Feels more appropriate than conservator, but whatever. That's my opinion before anyone tries to sue me. (laughs) All of this is just my opinion and court documents. All right. Anyway, an unnamed paralegal who worked on Britney's conservatorship alleged on the Britney's Graham podcast that Jamie Spears forced Britney into a medical facility against her will in January of 2019 and also alleged Andrew Wallette quit his role out of fear that he would be disbarred if he continued to participate in the conservatorship. This was March of 2019. Right. Which is when Free Britney was starting to, like, amp up. Gain traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the annual conservatorship oversight hearing was canceled again in August of 2019. That's the fourth year in the row. Right. So this is around the time that Kevin Federline alleges... Jamie abused one of the boys and is awarded a restraining order against him. Yes. Now this iconic. This is good for Kevin for stepping in for his son's care, but this could be detrimental. Could have been detrimental to Brittany because Jamie was the one in control of when she had visitors, when she could see people. So if he can't see his grandsons, when is Brittany going to be able to see her boys? Right. So that was like kind of the question swirling around at the time. Right. Jamie Spears temporarily appoints Jody Montgomery as temporary conservator over Britney's person. Well, Jamie remains conservator over Britney's estate in September of 2019. Right. The fact that you can have a conservator over a person and a separate one over the estate, like, boggles the mind because they're separate or just the fact that they exist at all just the fact that you can have a conservator over a person see i can understand because you know i just don't understand what's the difference between a conservatorship and like um like a power of attorney because like you know i have i think power of attorney is when you're like incapacitated and like you're not conscious to make those choices but isn't that the whole point of a conservatorship no, a conservatorship is like when someone is, say like someone has dementia, they're still a person, they're still getting up every morning, they're going yeah, but to work. That, like, why couldn't you also, like, I just don't get why, because that's like, the, that's why you would have a, a power of attorney too, if you're incapacitated. Like, yeah, you have dementia, but you're, you can't, you know, once you have dementia to a certain extent, you're not going to be able to live your life. Well, that's why you're I'm saying basically like, incapacitated. Power of attorney, I think. I think this is not right, 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 right. This is just us speculating the fuck out of everything. Right. I think power of attorney is when you're unconscious, like if you're in a coma. Oh, so it only kicks make... in if you're like. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Did you see that <laughs> crossbones? <laughs> um, I think I th- I think it's when someone is like, if you're like in a car accident and in a coma. And you're, so, someone needs to make okay. the choice. It's given the power of attorney. I think. I think. Lawyers, okay. feel free to let us know if right. we're wrong. Brittany appeals to the judge in May of 2019 in a closed door session. So we don't know what she said, but the judge orders an evaluation of the conservatorship with a due date of, of September 2019. 
Okay. Jody Montgomery's temporary appointment is extended through August of 2020 due to courts being closed in April of 2020 because of coronavirus. Right. Yeah. So Brittany's attorney files her request to remove Jamie Spears and have him replaced as conservator in August of 2020. Brittany objects to Jamie wanting to seal her public records regarding her case in September of 2020. And again, her attorney files a request to remove Jamie Spears as conservator. And the judge grants a request to appoint Besmer, I think that's how you say it, Besmer Trust as co-conservator of Brittany's estate in November of 2020. Brittany's attorney files an objection when Jamie Spears requests more control over the estate than the co-conservator in February of 2021. This man has such audacity. Yeah. The judge approves extending Jody Montgomery as temporary conservator through September of 2021 in February of 2021. During a court appearance, Brittany publicly alleges abuse by conservators and their teams, stating that she wants the conservatorship to end in June of 2021. That was such a heartbreaking speech that she gave. I cried listening to it. It's And you know that she like almost didn't get to say it yes. because the court paralegal or whoever like thought she was joking when she was calling in and saying, hi, it's Britney Spears. Can yes. I? Yes. And they were like, ha, funny and like hung up. So the fact that she almost wasn't able like it's sad. It's so sad. The whole thing is sad. If you get an opportunity, if anyone hasn't heard it yet and you get an opportunity to listen to it, I take it because it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking and horrifying. Yeah. So the judge approved Brittany hiring an attorney of her choice in July 2021. So this entire time she's had a court appointed attorney. Right. Hasn't been able to like choose the person to represent her. Until last month. Right. Insane. So her new attorney files a petition to remove Jamie from the conservatorship in July 2021. Yeah, let's go. Jamie Spears agrees to discuss stepping down from the conservatorship in August of 2021. (sighs) This was maybe like a week or two ago. Yes, I remember. So let's just discuss what she was doing when all this was happening career-wise over the last 10 years. Right. She literally guest starred on How I Met Your Mother the month after the conservatorship was put into place. Yes. She released four studio albums, including Circus, which was released during 2008, the same year it was put in place. Uh Uh-huh. She's done four tours, had two Vegas residencies, was a judge on The X Factor for the U.S. Mm -hmm. She has worked her ass off the last 12, 13 years. Right. But... I had no control, but was not mentally capable of her controlling her finances and right. her body and right. her life. Right. Quote unquote, wasn't mentally capable. Yes. Like there are allegations that she was required to take birth control, that she wasn't allowed to get married, yes. that she doesn't use her own phone. That was like the most sickening part of her statement was when she was like, um, judge, like, I want to have another baby. Like, I, I, but I can't because they won't let me. I was like, this is horrifying. Like, that's the part yeah. that really made me start, like, kind of tearing up because I'm like, this poor woman, like, just wants autonomy over herself and she doesn't even get it. Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. 
how they have just used her as like this ATM, basically. Right. right. That's the only way you can describe it because they're not doing anything to give her her own freedom, but they will do everything to get her money. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have to imagine for, for her, allegedly, allegedly, I have to imagine for her, like, this is just soul sucking because I, I can, she likes working from everything mm-hmm. she says. She loves to work. She loves writing her songs and choreographing and, and putting together tours mm-hmm. and whatnot. But this has to like kind of crush her because now she's being forced to do it and you know i love reading but if i'm forced to read like i hate that shit absolutely not yeah like my parents my mom wanted me to turn my like furniture flipping thing into like a business a job right yeah into like a business and i was like no like i like doing this i have to make it like work out of it like then it's not gonna be fun anymore right so that has to be so upsetting for her to like take for them to take something that she loves and cares about so much and then make it miserable destroy it yeah Yeah. and i was reading i think her former manager her manager that's been with her since baby one more time i believe right since she was 16 just quit or was fired and he basically said she has no use for me anymore because he was managing her performances and things Mm -hmm. like that not like her personal life right and he said she doesn't really want to do it anymore Right. So, like, there's no reason for me to be there. It wasn't because of anything Jamie-related. Right. right, right, right. Um, But, like, she doesn't have to anymore. She That's doesn't. the thing. Which is exactly right. It, it, breaks, it breaks your heart. So, all the while, this is what Jamie has been profiting off of with right. his daughter's success. Mm-hmm. He's been receiving $16,000 a month since 2019, as well as regular office costs. He also receives money to pay for those offices. A percentage of the gross revenue from her tours and the Vegas residencies. Jamie's attorneys uh, are paid for by Brittany. Mm-hmm. The cost of which has gone well into the millions. And that's also being fought against in court that she should have to pay for his attorneys. Mm-hmm. And her mother agrees that she doesn't think Brittany should have to pay for his attorneys. Her parents are divorced, by the way. Right. Just so, so everyone knows. understand that. Yeah. And one quote from... Brittany's most recent filing to remove her father, I thought was really important to highlight, said, although it is a common for managers, agents, and other industry professionals to receive a percentage of the artist's earnings, Mr. Spears is none of those. He is a conservator, and as a conservator, his role is to be burdened by rather than benefit from the conservatorship. Right. And he's none of those things, as they point out. Nope. And he's profiting off of her, his daughter's suffering. It's despicable and deplorable. And any other D word. So a few people, like, they mentioned people that support Jamie's removal. Brittany, obviously. Right. Lynn, her mother, has supported removing Jamie. Yeah. Her own goddamn medical team has come out saying she does not need this anymore. Yes. Yeah. And you can get rid of, like, this doesn't need to be a thing. Right. Jody Montgomery, the co-conservator over Brittany's person, yeah. says that she's preparing Brittany for the conservative conservatorship to end mm-hmm. and have her autonomy back and trying to help her right. take those steps right so it's not even like jody montgomery is taking advantage of her she's trying to help her i think i hope right. I that hope. is my absolute yeah. prayer that she has someone on the inside trying to help her right and as far as more su- support for jamie's removal uh the whole goddamn world wants him to step the fuck back And he said in a statement when he was stepping down that he's doing it to avoid a public battle with Brittany. 
Like, sir, that's a little too fucking late for that. Yeah. You're... Uh, why? Why? I just want to know why he's not even willing to step back and recommend someone else or let the trust take over full time. Why won't you release the control? Right. And that's like the number one reason why we all know he's in it for the money. If you Mm -hmm. cared about your daughter, you would step back and listen to her and what she's saying and what medical professionals are saying. But you want your payday. Yeah. So didn't I think it was in framing Brittany or no, I think Brittany said it in her statement. She said she gets two grand a month or something of that sort. Meanwhile, Jamie's getting 16 or two grand a week. Sorry. Yeah. But, or like, yeah, two grand a month. I think it's like almost like an allowance. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's disgusting. Like, why would you ever do that to your child? Why would you do that any, to anyone in your family? So a little bit about the Free Britney movement. It's been around a lot longer than I initially thought it was. Mm-hmm. Freebritney.net, which gave us that incredible timeline, was literally launched in 2009 and holy shit, does it have so much information. It looks like it's updated, like, weekly. Wow. Since 2009. That's yeah. dedication. I applaud them. Yeah, well, that's something you would do for Taylor Swift. I so. was about to say that. <laughs> Some people believe that the release of the podcast episode for Britney's Graham with the, whistleblow- with the whistleblower's allegations really gave the movement the steam that it needed to keep pushing forward. And definitely it had a resurgence with the release of the New York Times documentary Framing Britney Spears, which, again, if you haven't watched, you need to go watch it because it gives you all the information about shitty Justin Timberlake that I won't say. I've watched it twice. Ugh, so good. It's disgusting. But the next conservatorship hearing is scheduled for September 29th, 2021. And I really hope that Brittany just gets another opportunity to speak because she deserves power over her life and just to tear her father apart. (laughs) Honestly, she deserves to just live the life she wants to live. Like, why does she have to go and be a show pony for these people? Exactly. Which she's been since she was literally like eight years old. Right. For the last 30 years, 30 plus years. I just hope like when this is all over, everyone will just leave her the fuck alone. Exactly. Like, just don't acknowledge her. Exactly. And And not to say, like, not acknowledge her accomplishments, but just leave her alone. Right. And I hope she gets to do, you know, whatever she wants to do. And hopefully, I I hope she regains, you know, the love of of music. Because I feel like that's really sad that she's probably Mm -hmm. lost that with all this. Yeah. You know, down the road gets to take on whatever projects she wants to do. Exactly. And I'm, like, super excited for that. Because I think she is a phenomenally talented and smart woman. Like, from what other people say, she just, like, has a knack for this. Like... Mm-hmm. she's not an idiot as some people yeah. might assume so it is really sad that this has all happened and kind of just like squished that yeah it's disgusting to like read like allegedly jamie lynn spears was like knew what was going on and doing nothing to stop it yeah and and her brother i've heard also yeah like allegedly. everyone in this family allegedly you cannot sue us these are our opinions that's my opinion real housewives is orange county yeah anyway it breaks your heart to know like her family stood by and watched like her dad railroad her like this exactly i don't know it's just like the whole thing feels very scummy and slimy and any other s word you can think of 
that can describe a situation like this. Yeah, it's... And there's so much more to it than what I've presented. This was just right. like a kind of a brief overview because we would literally be here for hours if right. we really dug into it. She's like done enough. She's she's finished her service. She's done her time. Thank you for your service, ma'am. Let Brittany live, as Chris Crocker said. <laughs> Leave Brittany, Brittany alone. alone. But yeah, that was my hyperfixation for this week was just reading about it. I found the court documents oh and my i read gosh. them i love that that's dedication it's so fucking interesting to see what an abuse of power it was and the judge that let it happen i know i that is like one of the most interesting parts to me because for to me because like this judge was like yeah let's grant this like indefinitely why would you ever do that to a 26 27 year old yeah it's just disgusting and it's all a um, gross misjustice like yes I fight the power it. it's, it's just, don't trust ugh. the government kids also it's kind of like i just feel so horrible that her mental illness and mental health was taken advantage of like this. yes it was used as it was used a against weapon. her right it was weaponized allegedly allegedly <laughs> our opinions yeah no i completely agree and i feel like this is the judge now that's presiding over the case is not the person that was right. presiding over it when it was first brought to the courts. In my opinion, my opinion, I think that he got paid. Oh, 100%. Are you kidding? That's how this whole thing was able to happen. Like, yeah, there's no other possibility that a judge would grant this kind of control over a 27 year old like woman. woman. That's just insane. Like, I get it. Like, Brittany was going through some shit right right then. And because of her life and the paparazzi mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, like, why would you do that indefinitely? I could see a year. Be like, you know, right now she's going through some stuff. Let's help her out. Let's help her out. Even, like, I don't think they should have put a like, conservatorship in place. Maybe just, like, lock her finances or, you yeah. know, for a year. And be like, you know, you should just take a second to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> And get some, like, actual help that these people mm-hmm. clearly are not giving to you. But indefinitely? Like, you're acting like she's got dementia. Yeah, that's the whole point. I think somewhere someone said, I think, don't quote me on this, someone, like, said in, like, one of the court documents that she had, they alleged she had dementia. Shut up. Yeah, so, free Britney. Free Britney, bitch. I mean. Free Britney. We sh- she should get an island for free. <laughs> to just live on in like peace i know i have such mad respect for her like honestly uh, she was such a- she hustled she put in that work yes. and it was all used against her i know i have such fond memories of like her music as a kid so mm-hmm. i just want the best for her especially circus okay yes. hot take, not hot take but more just bitterness for me mm-hmm. that album came out and when she went on tour for Circus, uh-huh. my sister went for her <gasps> birthday and I wasn't allowed to go. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Because I was 12. Okay. That 12 is not that young, though. Yeah, I know. I went to my first concert when I was in sixth grade. It was the Jonas Brothers in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah. See, I didn't go to my first one until I was 13, but that's more just like a personal thing. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, you're too young to go to one. It was just like, I wasn't interested in music until like around then. Yeah. Um, I had a my hyper fixation on Nick Jonas for... And who could blame you? All of middle school. It, he had a hold on me. 
anyone with a head mop head <laughs> oh, like no. with the mop curls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on me. Chase <laughs> from Zoe 101. Yes, he was so cute. He was so cute. The big curls. It was in. It was the style. The grip that these curly-headed fucks had on me. <laughs> oh no. Oh my gosh. Was unparalleled. Relenting. Oh my gosh. Started with the Jonas Brothers story, ending with the Jonas Brothers story. Like, what can I say? When, the day that he cut his hair. <clears throat> did you cry? I begged my parents not to let me go to school. It was I was in mourning. You're so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but I should probably go and get ready to deal with this fucking hurricane. Yeah, good luck with that, bestie. I gotta get to Canada. <laughs> yeah, escape all you can, because... <laughs> Thank God, thank God you're not in the city for this. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be really bad yeah, in Manhattan. I'm low-key kind of happy that I'm not there. <laughs> I'm having war flashbacks to Sandy, so... I, I was literally thinking that. I'm like, everyone on Long Island's going to be so triggered. I pulled my car out of the driveway and parked it in the street. And so it's not tell under any tr- trees. Tell me you have or- trauma memories without telling me you have trauma memories. <laughs> so there's no trees falling on it. There's no electrical poles falling on it. Everything will fall around it. Exactly. I'm not losing my fucking car. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Better go papa. Oh boy. Okay, well you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bookaholics Pod. You can find me on Twitter at French Toastics with an X and on Instagram at Francesca Hope. And where can they find you? You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads thirteen, or on Storygraph, just Alicia Reads. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye.